Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and joining me is LPJ professional Sydney Miller, and we are your hosts. We're broadcasting live every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the blogtalkradio.com network, bringing you some of the best golfers, teacher professionals, and entrepreneurs helping to elevate women's golf. We're so glad you decided to join us this morning, so grab your coffee and let's get started. All right, good morning, and thank you everyone once again for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, of course, and live from Orange County National in Orlando, Florida. Joining me is, of course, co-host Cindy Miller. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, Ted. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. We got a, a little bit of a show change this morning, but I'm very excited about it. Cindy, is, as you may recall, last week uh, mentioned that she was going to be down in uh, Orlando this week uh, doing her one of her uh, boot camps, and we're going to have a few of the, the kids uh, in that boot camp on the show this morning instead of our, our regular uh, scheduled discussion. So we're going to move that discussion to next week uh, before our guest uh, building a successful pre-shot routine. We're going to talk a little bit about that next week. Um, but instead, we're going to have a great opportunity to talk with some of the students uh, that are in the Miller Boot Camp, if you will, at, down at Orange County National. So, Cindy, why don't you just do a little bit of an introduction on uh, who's going to be joining us this morning, and then we'll, we'll uh, move from there. So we have Hannah Cassidy, who is a junior at is it I can't, Luport. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Hannah, how old are you? I'm 16. And you're a junior? Yes. And how long have you played? I've been taking lessons since I was five. And is your mission to play college golf? Yes. Okay. And next we have Zara Boyer, who goes to Lockport Middle School. Zara, what grade are you in? I'm in seventh. And how long have you played golf? I've played golf since I was four years old. And is your mission to play college golf? Yes. And last but not least, we have John G. and Greco. John, how old are you? What grade are you in? And what school do you go to? I'm 11 and I go to Amherst Middle School. And how long have you played golf? This is my fifth year. And is your mission to play college golf? Yes. Wow. So there you so have we've got some. We have Hannah, Zara, and John. Very good. Well, good morning, guys, and welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm very excited to have you join Cindy and I this morning. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Uh, well, we're glad to be here uh, and, and have you uh, on with us this morning. Okay, so Zara, I'm going to start with you if you don't mind. Um, tell us some of the things that you've enjoyed the most. Obviously, you've, Cindy and, and Alan have been working you very hard down at the boot camp. Um, what are some of the things that you've really enjoyed working so far? I really enjoy working with the driving range and mm-hmm. seeing how far I can hit and seeing if I can hit 10 yards to 30 yards to 40 yards. And I enjoy going out in the course and playing a few holes with everybody because it makes me so happy. Perfect. So you like to, you like to watch to see how far you can hit the ball, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, what I think everybody kind of We've yeah. made sure that everybody knows how to plow the ball 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 yards on purpose. So we did a little uh, activity. Excuse the noise behind. There's golf carts going by and lawnmowers. Um, <laughs> wow, and they're loud. Um, That's okay. So we've done some activities trying to make sure that the kids know what they need to do to fly the ball different distances, distance control with their wedges. Very good. Um, John, what about you? What's been sort of the most fun this week that you've had so far at the boot camp? What are some things that you really enjoy doing? Um, I enjoy, like, going on the driving range and playing um, Panther Lake the golf course. And it was really fun. Very good. So you like to... You like to work on on different parts of your game on the driving range too, and then you like to see how how yeah. it sort of works when you when you take it to the golf course. Very good, Hannah. What about yourself? You're obviously yeah. a little more senior than the other two. So, Hannah, what do you enjoy most about uh, doing these boot camps? I like getting out on the course and working on everything that we've been trying to improve on the driving range, not the putting green, all that. Very good. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to go back to Sarah here real quick and. We're going to go through the lineup again, and this question, what I'm going to ask each of you is... It's Zara. What, uh, Zara, I'm sorry. Uh, Zara, what I'm going to do is ask you, what's the hardest uh, thing that you're uh, learning right now? What, what make, gives you the most difficult uh, on the golf course? Well, I think putting is the most difficult for me since the greens are so fast here, and I mm-hmm. am a little strong. And I overput a lot of things. Hmm. That's interesting. Well, let me just tell you this, Zara. First off, it's it's actually better to be a little bit longer than than come up a little bit short. So that's not that's not a bad thing. Um, John, what about you? What what gives you the most difficulty uh, out in the golf course? Um, approaching the greens, and I just know I have to slap my wrist more when I come through. Yeah, that can be. Uh, that can be a little tough trying to get those approach shots just to land where you want them to do. Um, I see we got some more traffic going in behind. Hannah, what about you? What gives you what, what what do you struggle with the most out in the golf course that you need to have a little bit more improvement on? On my drives and my other long shots, my fade can sometimes turn into um, a giant slice or just too big of a fade. <laughs> so I always end right. up over on the right, and it gets me in a lot of trouble. Yeah, I can I can I can relate to that. That's my my problem that I have sometimes that that nice little fade that you want to work uh sometimes turns into a big old slice and uh yeah, you can get into all kinds of of trouble. Um Yeah. So so Zara, um let me come back to you again. Um so you've been working on this boot camp for for a few days and that um what what do you think? Is there one thing that you you feel that you've really learned well since you've been there this week that you're really starting to get a little bit, you're noticing a little bit of a better uh, control over? I'm starting to get a more control over chipping. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, hopefully putting here in a minute. We've got the blast motion. Mike Hill is here from Blast Motion, and he's helping us learn how to use Blast and work on our pace and our timing of our putts. 
Very good. Of course, Mike was a, a guest of ours on the show, so we were very happy to uh, to hear about that and, and the great technology that they're working with to help everyone in their games. Um, John, what about you? What's what's something that you've been working on this week that you're starting to see some real improvement in? Uh, just using my just arms. Just arms. I use just arms, and I've been working on that. So your your arm John's play is getting is way ahead starting- of the ball, and the face is wide open, and he's spinning out, and so he's really, really diligently working on that. He's really he's very conscientious. They all are, but he's very methodical. The other thing that right. you know, we might add is that uh, we, everyone that's here does the behavior and the motivation assessment, and typically we have more, you know, how we did the personalities, Ted, the high D is mm-hmm. the driven, and the I is an influencer, right. and the S is steady, and the C is conscientious. We have an awful lot of SCs in our group this week, oh, which wow. means Cindy has to adapt her behavior to behave and be a little nicer <laughs> because S's, um, <laughs> I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but they're all, right. if we were to say, oh, categorize these students, I would say steady, conscientious, and diligent, and they're really willing to work hard to get better. Well, that's good, and and um, you know it's important that that you work on the different areas of your game. And, and I just want to go back to, just real quick to to what I was asking the the, the kids, um, and and I want to finish up with Hannah. You know, Hannah, you obviously um, have some things that you have to work on. Uh, obviously, it's it's a continual journey. But what areas are you starting to see some improvement on uh, specifically this week since you've been at the boot camp? My putting since I've gotten here, my distance control has gotten a lot better now that I'm used to the greens, and my short game has just been really on. Wow, that's great. So obviously um, having these boot camps is beneficial to you, Hannah, and and obviously John and and Zara, um, being able to to have somebody like Cindy and and obviously Alan, her husband, uh, there to kind of give you another set of eyes to see some of the areas that you're having uh, struggles with. So... Um, when you go out in the golf course, and I'm going to go, uh, this time I'm going to start with John, uh, and then, uh, we'll continue on from there. But John, when you're out in the golf course, um, do you try to have a good pre-shot routine? Do you think, what do you think about when you're, before you hit your shot? What goes through your mind? Like the wind, how much the wind's blowing, where I play it out with the bunkers, the water, and then I uh, take some practice swings, and then I go up aim and hit the ball. Right. So you so you like to take a sort of a lay of the land, if you will. You like to sort of look and see what what potential um, obstacles might be in your way, like the bunkers, or if there's some water you know, maybe crossing the fairway or along the fairway, you like to visualize that first and visualize the shot. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Well, that's that's a good part to have. Um, Zara, what about you? When you get ready to um, make a putt on the green, what goes through your mind? What are you thinking about when you before you step up and actually hit the putt? When I step up, I think of how we how I shoot or how it might work out before I actually hit the ball to where to where I need to go. Mm-hmm. So you kind of visualize to see if maybe it's going to curve a little bit one way or the other, or if you've got to hit a little bit softer, a little bit harder to make sure you're going to get it to the hole. 
Very, very good. Um, now, Hannah, you get out. Uh, obviously, you you play a little bit more, uh, I'm sure, than the others, and uh, are a little bit yeah. more accomplished <laughs> by the sounds of it. So, um, I'm going to ask this question a little bit differently of you. Course okay. management is is something that is very very important. So. You know, obviously, you have to think about the shots, as we just talked about with the other two, you know, before you step up. But do you go in with a game plan when you go and play in a tournament, let's say, or you go to play a round of golf? What is your game plan going in? What are you looking for? Um, and what's going through your mind as you prepare to play that round? It really depends on each course because I look at um, the layout of each course before I play it in every hole. So I know, like, oh, there's trouble on the right on this hole, there's trouble on the left on this hole, so I know where I need to go before I get there. Right. And that helps so you a lot. Kind of put, right, so you kind of put a little game plan together of the course in itself. Um, yeah. So you have an idea of, um, so that's good. See, that, and that's, that's really what most people should do, and unfortunately a lot of amateurs don't. They just sort of show up in the course and hope for the best. Um, now let me ask you, Hannah, another question here if I can. Um, again, okay. just because you know, I know you played a little bit more. Um, how do you react? You know, obviously we all hit some good shots, um, which is what we want to do. But sometimes we hit some bad shots. Do you get over that quickly and move on to the next shot, or are you somebody that that tends to kind of take that bad shot with you, maybe two or three holes? I tend to take it with me a little, which isn't really a good thing, but. I just try okay. to focus on what I did wrong and why I did it wrong and then try to fix it. Okay. Um, very good. Um, so, John, I'm going to ask you this. What what area – now, you, you mentioned some of the areas that you need to improve approaching the green. Um, is there another area, whether it be off the tee or on the green – uh, or even out of the bunker that you have a little bit more confidence in, that you're, you feel like you, you understand a little bit better? Is there an area of the, of, of the course that you feel a little bit better or more confident about? Um, I feel more confident about my putting. Good. Well, that's good. That's a, that's a good area. That's, and I'm sure Cindy and Alan have probably told you that uh, most of your shots happen actually on or around the green, so... If you work uh, with your chip shots and, and get really good at that, and even um, on the green, um, you're going to score better. I mean, it's great to be able to hit a nice long drive uh, and get yourself in position, but really the scoring happens um, probably within 100 yards and less of the green, and particularly on the green. So you want to make sure that you're really working on those areas of your, of your game. Um, Cindy, talk about some of the things outside of the actual physical part of the game that you guys are working on down at the boot camp? Well, each one of the students took um, an audiovisual kinesthetic assessment to find out if they want to hear it, see it, or feel it. And they all took the disc golf assessment, and, and it's funny how quickly they pick up on things. Um, last night we went out to dinner, and the two girls, the older girls, were singing and somebody said they didn't sound too good. And then they said to one of the older boys, Cal, why don't you sing? And John said, he's not an I. He's not going to sing in front of you. And, and I thought that was so awesome that they understood 
you know, the giant right. totally gets it that Cal is shy and he's, there's no way he's going to open his mouth and sing in front of everybody in a restaurant, right? Right. So right. it's understanding people, it's understanding themselves, it's knowing that, you know, no matter who they are, they can get better. Um, they are trying, we're trying to teach them how to react, respond, and recover from their bad shots. So we say when we come in for breakfast, you know, we say to them, okay, what did you do well yesterday? What did you do not so well? Where did the ball go when you did that? What caused that? And how are you going to fix it? So right. in my opinion, it's all about being responsible and accountable. The other thing is yesterday, some of the kids aren't old enough to drive. So we had three kids on a cart with someone old enough to drive the cart. And they all had to learn how to get along with each other while they were on the right. you know, playing the golf course, which some of them right. would slap others and beat them up, right? And I said, well, you're understanding how difficult it is to play golf at a high level and to play golf with other people, right? So, right. and sometimes those people can drive you crazy. So I think right. multiple lessons they're learning. And today's going to be a fun day because, um, you know, needless to say, we're going to, we're going to practice putting with Mike from Blast, and then we're going to go hit some shots and chip and putt and pitch, and then we're going to play nine holes, and then we're going to go to the golf channel, then we're going to have the dinner, and then we're going to have the prizes. So I've warned them that there are prizes that they're being watched. Who's got the best attitude? Who's the hardest worker? Who improved the most? For things that have nothing to do with what you shoot. Right, right. That's right. And I think Um, most of them are glad they came. You know, it's snowing or freezing in Buffalo, so... They're happy yeah. to be here. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, don't <laughs> I I I concur 100%. I think it's much better to be down in Florida uh, playing a little golf and learning about golf than than being up uh, up north in, in some cold weather and that. Cindy, very quickly, and and then I know you guys have to move on uh, to begin your your next phase of the boot camp this week. Um, you've obviously had a chance to watch all of the kids and let's, let's sort of leave it with the three that we've got here. Cause I know there's other ones that aren't, aren't joining us this morning, but um, tell us a little bit about the three things that you've noticed um, areas that you know that they need improvement, not just necessarily on the course, but off the course. And what do you see them needing to do, if you will, um, to get ready um, for down the road when they want to play collegiate golf? What do they need to work on um, both on and off the golf course? Well, I'm not going to pinpoint any one person, but I can tell you that right. we all need to be able to focus our attention on our intention. And sometimes, okay. you know, like at the end of the day when we all get a little slap happy and we act silly, you know, you need to right. be able to do that. You need to be able to go stupid and not think. If you're out right. there and you and you get mad at a shot or at yourself or you blame someone else, you've got to understand that you're the one that's holding the club. And if you can pay attention, you know, like I said, to your intention, we're going to teach you how to prepare, you know, plan, prepare, and produce a golf shot. How far is it? What's the wind doing? What's my lie look like? You know, what's the playable yardage? What's my smartest play from here? And then can you align to that target, and then can you produce the shot? And none of us do that correctly all the time, no one in the world. I mean, you know, right. Jordan Spieth shooting 81 the other day. So, right. uh, and Justin Thomas had a four putt, you know. So, again, we all lose it once in a while. But 
I'm trying to teach them how to really pay attention and what to expect. So one of our students is going to be playing D1 golf next year who's here. And, you know, I've said to her, that coach is not going to want to hear you whine. And so sometimes, right. you know, the older they are, the harder I got to get on them because I got to show them the truth. But they're all very, right. very open to learning, you know, exposing their elephants and really getting better. Yeah. I mean, we've got eight kids here that have paid a lot of money. Their parents have paid a lot of money. And I believe right. they're having fun. I, I tell them when they come to boot camp, you're going to know whether or not you want to play college golf. If boot camp drives you nuts, forget it. You don't want to do college yeah. golf because college golf is your life. And, and we've been fortunate enough that one of the guys who's the um, golf uh, event planners is James Vargas, and he played golf at the University of Florida with Camilo Vajegas and um, – a bunch of other guys that play on tour, Matt Avery and all those guys. And I said, oh, when you were at Florida, did you have like a, a regiment? Oh, yeah, the coach printed out the schedule for a month. I go, oh, did you have workouts? Yeah, what time were workouts? 6 a.m. Oh, okay. You know, again, it's not like, oh, I want to sleep in. No, this is your job. So I guess it's the commitment level, the responsibility, right. accountability, and the commitment level. And, yep. Yep. and them falling in love with working at it. I mean, you got to enjoy working on this. You don't arrive ever. You just can always right. get better. And, yeah, and it, I'm very proud of them because they're all doing yeah. a great job. And like I said, we've got two 11-year-olds that are really doing a great job. And typically I don't let 11-year-olds come with us. But they're committed, dedicated, and serious about it. So that's yeah, our that's, story. That, yeah, no, that's fantastic. And you know, you're, you're right. You have to, you know, golf, ultimately you, you want to have fun and you want to enjoy it. Um, but if you want to play competitively, it, you know, there's a lot of work that goes behind it. Um, let me just ask a final question of all three. And um, I'm going to go back to the beginning and, and Zara, I'm going to ask you, um, do you ever from time to time, do you get to watch golf on TV? And if so, is there anybody that you kind of like to watch that you thought maybe I'd like to play kind of like them? Is there anybody on TV that you see that, that you like as a player? I've seen Tiger Woods on the golf. <laughs> you like Tiger Woods? Yeah, he's yeah he's a fun person to watch. Yeah. He's got a pretty good game. He's a good one. John, what about you? Oh, no, I like Jordan Keith or Ricky Collar or Justin Thomas. They're great examples for what I want to be when I grow up. Wow, you got a whole chain of them, yeah, and each of them are different too. They're not all the same, so that's a that's kind of an interesting thing to have a, a broad spectrum of players. And and lastly, Hannah, um, is there anybody on tour, male or female, that you have watched that you think, okay, I, not necessarily you want to copy them, but you like their style and and want to try to emulate a little bit? Well, I typically don't watch a lot of golf, but I've loved Tiger since I was little, and the way he plays almost aggressively and he always he always comes back even when he gets injured over and over again and I just really right. like his resilience that's great I like that that's some great answers well Cindy I know that you guys have to go uh, and get ready for the next uh, part of your, your boot camp with uh, with Mike Hill from Blast so um, on behalf of Cindy and I guys I want to thank John uh, Zara and Hannah thank you very much uh, for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf Show. It's been very interesting and enlightening, and I hope you enjoy the rest of uh, your day and have some fun. Thank you. Thanks.
Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Well, thank, and you, thank you, Cindy, as always. You're welcome. I appreciate uh, it. I'll it be fun. back at the full steam next week. That sounds good. Well, have fun. You and Alan have fun with the kids and enjoy wrapping up uh, the first of, of many boot camps this season. Okay, thanks, honey. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. That was, uh, of course, very own uh, co-host, Cindy Miller, uh, along with uh, some of her students from uh, boot camp down at the Orange County National uh, Golf Course in Orlando, Florida, uh, Zara, John, and Hannah joining us this morning. Uh, as I mentioned, um, we are going to uh, take the discussion that we had this morning, building a successful pre-shot routine. Uh, we're going to move that to next week um, and uh, and have that discussion uh, before we bring out our, our guest. Um, one thing I forgot to mention this week, uh, our very special guest coming on the show this morning is going to be Susie Caprice. Uh, she's an LPGA teach professional, and she's actually got uh, a, sort of a very interesting uh, backstory. And let me just tell you a little bit about her, and then when she's ready, uh, I will bring her out on the show. Um, as I mentioned, uh, Susie Caprice, uh, an LPGA teach professional, is going to be joining us. And she was uh, born in Long Island, New York, uh, graduated from St. John's University, and obtained a master's degree from North Texas State. Uh, she began her career as a financial analyst for the U.S. government and subsequently for uh, Grumman Corporation. Uh, during the time uh, she became a certified financial planner. Uh, she didn't begin playing golf until the age of 29 when she took her first golf lesson. And as she said, I quote, I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, but unfortunately, due to some work restraints and, of course, uh, family, raising a young son and, and so forth, uh, she wasn't able to dedicate uh, a great deal of time until the game until she was in her late 30s, uh, where she began attending several golf schools. Uh, her passion for the game took hold at that point, and she decided that she wanted to make a career change and become a golf instructor, and I can't uh, applaud her more for that. Uh, with some encouragement from her husband, uh, she uh, contacted the LPGA and was well on her way to obtaining her certification as a Class A LPGA teaching uh, golf professional. And uh, as I said, we'll bring her out in just a second. So that's a little bit of her, her backstory. Um, and uh, very interesting as one. You know, um, what was interesting just a, a few moments ago talking with the, the youngsters uh, from Cindy's uh, and Allen's boot camp uh, down in, in Florida is they all started very, very young. Uh, but there's a lot of great players and a lot of great people in the golf industry in general that maybe didn't start uh, in their, their junior years uh, growing up, maybe didn't have access for one way or the uh, reason or the other, uh, but somehow uh, got introduced to the game a little bit later, much like our, our guest Susie coming up. And um, but managed to, to get bit by the golf bug, if you will, and decided to take it up and, and take it one step further and actually, uh, you know, teach others uh, in the game. And that's really one of the rewards about golf. Uh, it's not only fun to play, uh, but it's very rewarding as a, as a golf instructor, as uh, both Cindy and I have attested over the years doing the show. Um, it's very, very interesting and a lot of fun to uh, to be able to uh, help others uh, learn to play the game to whatever level they they choose, and um, you know, as Cindy had mentioned in in the first segment uh, this morning, um, that you're you're always learning. You you never really arrive. Uh, you have to come in with intent and uh, really work at it. But um, you know, if you sort of put the pieces together and really get out there and and work on some of the different uh, areas, um, whether it be you know hitting the shots from the tee. Uh, or working around the green or out of the bunker, 
um, you know, once you put those pieces together and really manage yourself well around the golf course, you'll have a, a ton more fun. So um, for those of you out there that may be listening to the show that are, are not, um, you know, big golfers yet, maybe you're just sort of introducing to the game or you're kind of sitting on the fence, I strongly suggest that you reach out to somebody like Cindy Miller, uh, particularly for you ladies. Uh, but there's a lot of great uh, PJ professionals as well. Um, but if you feel more comfortable for, for you ladies out there working with a female instructor, there is a ton of great LPJ professionals uh, all around the United States and literally around the world. So no matter where you are uh, tuning into the broadcast, uh, you can reach out to the LPJ organization and find a great professional in your area um, to work with. So I would strongly suggest you do that. Um, you know, don't. Uh, it's nice sometimes to to get some tips from a friend once in a while, but unless they specifically um, are certified or uh, have some uh, specific skill in the golf profession, um, that's probably not the best way to, to begin the game. You want to learn from somebody that's been uh, specifically taught how to teach the game uh, and understands the, the core fundamentals um, like the back of their hand um, to be able to, to do that. So um, food for thought, and for those of you that are a little bit more advanced, or maybe for those of you that have uh, kids that have expressed an interest in learning to play the game, again, uh, I think you want to reach out to a, 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 either a PJ or an LPJ professional in your area and uh, get in touch with them and, and sit down and talk with them a little bit and just you know let them know that you've got a, a youngster that's uh, interested in playing the game and then they'll sort of do an assessment and talk to you about some of the opportunities to, to help them learn that game uh, and I guarantee it, um, they'll have a great deal of fun over the years. And there'll be some frustration, uh, as I can attest to, over the years. Um, but they'll have a lot of fun. And just let them, uh, just let them go out there and have their own fun. Don't push them um, by by any means. But um, they'll they'll certainly have some enjoyment. Um, so I see Susie is is um, ready to uh, to come on board here, if you will. So. Uh, I'm going to interview her the, uh, myself this morning, as I mentioned uh, earlier. Obviously, Cindy is down in or Orlando uh, at uh, Orange County National uh, doing one of her boot camps this week. So um, it's left up to Ted to hold the fort this week. So let me welcome my very special guest this morning, uh, Susie Caprice. Good, Good morning, morning, Susie. How, How are, are you? you? Good. Is I'm, this I'm Ted? doing fantastic. Yes, it is. Good morning. Oh, great. Uh, Good morning. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Cindy, uh, and I don't know whether she had a chance to reach out to you before or not, but uh, Cindy's down in, at Orange County. I was just mentioning to the to the audience that she's down at Orange County National in Orlando, Florida, doing one of her boot camps this morning, and they're just in the, the process of uh, getting some specialized training on the putting green um, from a great uh, gentleman, Mike Hill, from Blast. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them or not, but uh, it's a yes, great but, organization. Yes, I am. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so they're, they're, so they're down there, so uh, unfortunately, she won't be joining us this morning, but um, and I've already read out uh, your bio uh, to the audience, so they're very familiar with who you are. And I know you've been on the show before, so we're glad to have you come back. Um, well, thank you very much for, for having me. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, it's, it's an honor. and We always enjoy uh, you know, getting others to input into the program, sort of their thoughts and, 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 again, input as to not only how to play the game, but areas that maybe we could improve as, as an industry and whole to attract more people. And that's one of the things that we're going to start off in our discussion this morning is, you know, growing the game of golf, um, not only through recruiting, 
but as you put it, also retention. And that's, that's a key area as well, because as you know, I'm sure, Susie, from reading a lot of the different uh, reports and, and articles and things that, that circulate around, um, that there have been some declines over the last uh, decade or so in golf, even though there have been some increases, there's uh, decreases in other areas. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, and let's talk about recruiting. Uh, let's talk about just getting people in the game to play. And then we'll talk about getting more people to, to actually take on the teaching role as you have done uh, a little bit later. But let's talk about getting people. What are your thoughts um, with today's society and with today's um, you know, different uh, groups, if you will, out there, whether it be millennials or Generation Z, or what, I don't know what they're calling themselves these mm-hmm. days, but yeah. it, it's a different breed. Of, X, it's a, a different breed of you. Yeah, yeah. I think X, Y, Z. I, I don't know if, if we go back to the beginning of the alphabet again for the next group or not. But anyways, um, so there's a lot of different. Yeah, there's a lot of difference from you know when when we grew up. Um, there's just so many other things to do. So what do you think are some things that the industry could do uh, or are doing to really attract that next generation of golfers? Well, statistically, millennials are the biggest group that are coming into the game right now. And unlike us who grew up playing the game or some other people that are part of, uh, you know, country clubs or semi-private clubs, um, they're looking for a different experience. And I think that has uh, allowed Top Golf to come into existence. And it is absolutely taking off. Uh, It's gone through the roof as far as interest level, number of people that have gone to a facility. And I think what's great about that, it gets people in without having to spend a lot of money on a membership yeah. that they maybe not want to continue and buying clubs that are a very expensive investment. You want them to have fun, Ted, so that they're excited about learning. And that kind of mm-hmm. segues into getting them maybe to a club after they feel comfortable and are really interested in trying golf. So I think those yep. kind of off-course um, things that have sprung up in the last few years is a real positive as far as recruiting new golfers. And that's what we need to do. We need to bring new people in as well, as you said, as well as retaining and keeping the people we do have. So I think those kind of, um, those kind of small businesses, of course, are really, really going to be helping the industry going forward. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, um, the interesting thing about uh, Top Golf is it's an environment where, you know, obviously the premium is on fun, but it's a very social environment. And that's really what the generation's coming up now. Not to say that we weren't social, but, um, right. you know, they're, they're high, hyper-social, if you will. And they want, they're more about inclusion. And one of the, un- unfortunately, one of the things I think in the past with that sort of country club mentality was not everybody, it wasn't affordable to everybody. So there was sort of a, a, a the not an inclusive feeling with that. So this is something that they can get exposed to the game um, that at any level and, and really, for the most part, any uh, economic um, party, if you will, uh, can, can become involved in Top Golf uh, without having to spend a lot of money. And I think that it creates that social platform for them to, to again, get exposed to the game, but just have, go out and have fun. It's, it's kind of like I always uh, say this, and I know it's probably, uh, I'm sure if the people from Top Golf were listening would probably consider this a little bit of an insult, but it's almost like a glorified bowling alley. You know, when I was growing up, that's where we went. We went to a bowling alley. We had right. fun. It was very, very inexpensive, um, but it was a great social thing um, because exactly. not all of us could get, 
Right. Yeah. Um, and I can relate to that. My husband was in the polling industry, so I right. absolutely understand that. <laughs> right. But you know what I'm talking so, about. That was, you know, yes, when we were I know growing exactly up, what you mean. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody had access to, uh, you know, to the country club, country club. experience. Sure. Right. Exactly. And particularly women. Um, and particularly women. Right. That yeah, was and the that's one, something that you know, I, I couldn't play. Right, and and that's something that you know we're starting to see those doors opening more and more. There's still a long way to go, but it, it's certainly much better than what it was, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Um, but it's still, again, a long way to go. Um, but let's talk about retention, though. You know, here's the thing that you know, if you look at some of the stats, there are a lot of people coming into the game, um, and there's also a lot of people getting out of the game. And it's not just you know the older generations, you know, that maybe have um, just don't want to play anymore, or maybe they're not playing as well, and you know, they just don't have the time or maybe their their health reasons or something. But even some of the the folks coming in and the younger generations coming in are are getting out um, just because they're they're not able to um, understand it as easily. Are we making it too difficult to learn the game? Do you think that that's part of the reason or are there some other reasons that you can think of? Well, the first thing is the game is difficult. We have to be honest about that. It is not an easy game. Um, what we are doing well on a couple of different fronts, personally and in the LPGA, for example, is um, giving, you know, beginning, very inexpensive beginning golf clinics for women. I find a lot of my students are right around retirement age or have retired. They're a combination of a woman maybe that had played when she was younger before she started a career or a family. She wants to get back to it. The other side is somebody that's always thought, yeah, I'd like to maybe try golf. That looks, that looks pretty interesting when I'm watching it on TV. They're coming back. So you have to make it exciting. And what I find between women and juniors, it's all about having a buddy. And particularly yep. for, for girls more than boys, they need that support. They need somebody to encourage them and say, great shot. That's okay if you didn't hit it. You have another chance. So I think that's yeah. where we're doing a really good job as far as that. And the LPGA does have a, a uh, U.S. Girls Golf, which has grown significantly in the, since our new commissioner, Mike Wan, has come on board. And for the mm-hmm. first time ever, there are more girls than boys entering the game. Yeah. Yeah, the so stats support that, too. Right. Yeah. I so think that's it's, a great uh, thing. I think Right. I think it's about, if I remember correctly, and I'm, don't quote me on this, but I think it's around 30 to 35 in that range percent of all new golfers coming in are young girls uh, of new golfers right. coming into the game. So that's, that's yeah. a huge, huge number. And uh, again, more importantly, it's great to have them coming in, but we've now got to convert them into um, you know, sort of a lifelong journey. And one of the things, and, and, and I don't like to necessarily phrase this as a criticism, but I think one criticism that I do have is I think from a media standpoint, what most people see when you turn on your TV and you see golf, you see the, the touring professionals and um, the tours, which is great. But I would like to see in some of the advertisements that are being put out about golf, not just about the tours, but about other opportunities that the golf industry can, whether it be teaching or, or working in the golf industry in some other capacity. Because I think the impression that we give is golf is about playing on, on the tour. And obviously not everybody right. is going to attain that. What are, your, what are your thoughts there? What do you think we could do differently about really um, marketing ourselves a little bit better? 
Um, I would say, you know, like you mentioned just a moment ago about what people see on TV. One of the greatest things I think that's happened in the last several years is the Masters Tournament, the drive, chip, and putt. You are seeing Mm -hmm. children, you know, from seven on up compete in their age category. And, you know, I've taught a few of them that have gotten through regionals and actually gotten to Augusta. So that's kind of showing that, you know, these kids can have some goals. They can be achieved or not, but it's the process. It's all about enjoying what's going on. And I think that, to me, is where we have started as far as showcasing amateur golf and young golfers and enjoying the competition, not having to watch them play around the golf as a professional. So I think that's a great, great starting point. I think maybe some more of the tournaments that are around the country maybe could add another day and showcase some of the juniors that are there. Again, Augusta is for the first time letting women amateurs go and play. You know, that is brand new to the golf world. So I think we're making steps. We may be making baby steps, but it's, you know, sometimes that's what it takes, Ted. But I think if we just keep doing that and, you know, the LPGA spending, you know, some more marketing dollars. I do do see some ads now with some of the – LPGA women that played on tour or are now teaching pros, talking about the opportunities to teach in our industry. We've also expanded the LPGA uh, in very much into Japan and Korea and Thailand. So it has become an international game. But locally, we, as you mentioned, we could do a little better job of showcasing more of the amateur side to get, right. get people excited about it. Yeah, and and one of the things that we're seeing, Susie, is really an explosion in golf uh, overseas, particularly in the Asia uh, corridor. I mean, it's just, I mean, they're just going crazy over there, um, and obviously parts of Europe still, but um, that that traditionally didn't have a big um, golf, like, you know, Italy is an example, is an area that they're really... Uh, getting interested. You know, we haven't had a lot of players come out of Italy and, and other uh, areas in, in Europe, but particularly in the Asian corridor, there's just a ton of players coming out as we see, mm-hmm. particularly on the LPGA, but even starting to see some more uh, on the PGA. Um, I want to just add a quick note too, which is I'm very, very excited about, and I want to see even more growth there. But um, of course, this this season, um, Augusta National is going to be hosting the Women's Amateur Championship um, so you're mm-hmm. going to see a lot of great young young girls. I think potentially, and I want to get your thoughts on this, I think this is going to be huge for women's golf because this is something that the women have sort of been crying out for for years about having exposure to Augusta National, which you know is sort of the creme de la creme of golf uh, as far as tournaments go. So this is certainly a stepping stone. Well, I'd like to see more, maybe uh, an LPJ event um, come there in, in future as well. But what are your thoughts about this, and what do you think the impact potentially could have having this championship at Augusta National? Well, first, I think it's outstanding that the Masters has agreed to have women amateurs playing there because, to me, it is, as you said, the creme de la creme of golf. I mean, that right. is, I think every, every male golfer is going to say, what, turn of, what, what major would you want to win? And I'm probably going to say, and I know the majority are going to say the Masters. So it has yeah. that deep, rich tradition. And I've been fortunate enough to go ahead and, and go a couple of times, and it's just, it's electric. You can't explain it until you see it in person. What you see on TV just doesn't capture 
uh, just right. the sloping and the magnificence of the azaleas and the, the dogwood. So it's got all that storied history. And to have women that are amateurs, like you said, out there showcasing their talents, I think that is wonderful for women golf and it's wonderful for the game. And I think yeah, other, and I, other facilities could start taking this role on and maybe maybe not an annual basis, maybe a semi-annual basis, you know, different prestigious courses will allow this kind of participation by women or women amateurs? I agree. And, and I think in, in my mind, what I see happening uh, again, um, because it does, you know, because Augusta National just has so much um, exposure through the, ma- the traditional Masters tournament, I think that a lot of young girls seeing that they can and and what's interesting is and I think I like the way that they approach this because again it's an amateur event at this point again there may be um, uh, professional events for women at a later point that hopefully will be coming to the Masters as well but I like the fact that it's an amateur event because that means really it's open to anybody um, obviously they have to you know get to that level but um, the fact that they've sort of removed the professional status on this particular tournament. Um, lets everybody know that anybody that wants to get out there and work hard can get there and they don't necessarily have to be a professional. So I think this is really going to boost, I hope, um, even more young girls say, hey, you know what, I'd like to do that. I think that would be fun. Um, and I don't have to necessarily be an LPJ professional to do it um, per se, but you know, I, I want to have that exposure as well. And hopefully that'll bring even more to the game. Um, and you know we'll see how it goes, but uh, I think this is going to be a, a big shot in the arm, if you will, uh, in a good way uh, for women's golf. Um, I totally agree. I, I want to totally agree. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to shift just for a second on the teaching side, uh, and I, I agree with you. Okay. Mike, Mike uh, Juan has done a great job, uh, and really, um, you know, bringing up uh, the LPGA organization over the last uh, number of years. Um, but what I want to see, and, and I'm sure you do as well, is more women um, that get into golf. Uh, it's great if they've got the abilities, if they've played collegiate golf and they want to you know, take their chances out on the LPGA Tour and, and the uh, feeder tours like the Symmetra Tour and stuff. But um, I would like to see more women getting to the teaching side um, and, and sort of equalize a little bit because there's obviously there's many more men in the teaching side than there are women. What needs to happen there, do you think, um, to, to get them well, involved? Yeah, you're, and, you're, and again, you are, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, statistically, there's only 1,700. 1,700 in the entire world are right. certified instructors in the LPGA. There's somewhat of a in the neighborhood, I believe, had about 28,000 PGA professionals. What the LBGA just did, they announced it at the golf show last month in Orlando, that Kaiser University, which is located in my my area here down in South Florida, is actually created a partnership with the LPGA to allow for um, going through your educational training um, there online. When I went through the course... um, there's three levels. You have to start as an apprentice, then you go to class B, then you go to class A. And it takes time, it takes money, and it takes dedication. A lot of people can't do that because, you know, they work full-time in another industry. So it's very difficult. Right. I think now that the LBGA is relaxing some of the, the not, not obviously your knowledge or your ability, but the, the ability to get 
what you need in an online setting. It's a lot easier if you have than having to fly from California to go to LPGA headquarters in Daytona Beach. So I think that's right. a beginning, I think, of getting more people in this country um, involved. We don't have any difficulty getting, as you mentioned, anyone in the Asian area interested right. in signing up because there are constant classes. I see it online all the time. And I see the photos, and all these girls are really, really entering the business. And they're really, really smart. And they work really hard because I was in a couple of, during my teaching um, levels with a couple of the other, um, some of the Asian girls on the practical teaching side of it. And they know so much. They're so dedicated to what they're learning. And I just think that combination with giving more access through online uh, courses is going to help us to grow the teaching population. Yeah, I, I agree. Do you think also, Susie, that one of the things that golf needs to do is, and, and I know there are some avenues open already, but um, again, it seems to be more on the playing side, you know, getting into junior golf and ultimately, you know, working your way up and, and, and hopefully become a tour player. I would like to see at a very basic level, if you will, golf get more into the traditional school systems. And the reason why I say that is every, virtually every other sport, whether it be football, baseball, soccer, you know, badminton, whatever you want to uh, name, it's pretty much there in some capacity in our public school particularly. I mean, obviously, you know, there's uh, high school golf and there's division, you know, uh, your different divisions in, in college. Mm -hmm. But there's not really a lot at the very entry level. Um, that's something I think that would help expose a lot of people, particularly young women, um, again, to the game as well. If they get exposed, in other words, the earlier we can expose them to golf and and talk about some of the opportunities, that's going to spark an interest. What do you think about that? I totally agree. That's one one thing I do see, though, with I'm a U.S. Kids Golf uh, certified coach, and we're bringing kids in that are, you know, that, that age, I think, that you're speaking to, that six, seven, eight-year-olds. And, right. you know, going through certain levels of skills. But there again, you have to be really careful. You have to keep it fun. You know, you, yeah. they're learning and don't realize they're learning. Um, and keep those kind of programs. The U.S. Kids Golf is expanding every single year. It's a lot of new mm -hmm. sites, a lot of new coaches. A lot of instruction is out there, and it's targeted at that very, very young age. A lot of times before the kids can even be maybe in a regular grammar school, they might be doing it at right. a four or five years old. So I think that yeah. I think that influence is very, very positive. Right, and, and but I, I yeah, do know I think, about the school thing. That's a tough. That's a tough sell because you have the weather and you have the financial uh, constraints, possibly with schools you know, the economics well, what's, of being able to, go ahead. Right. What, what I was going to say is what's interesting is there are a number of different programs out there now. They just need to get, you know, probably some additional funding in that, that are actually can take place on the inside. And I don't mean an, an indoor facility, but actually the very basics of golf and understanding about golf can be taught indoors now. Um, oh, sure. Mm -hmm. By and there's a lot of great programs out there that are currently doing that, um, and I think that that might be a way, a very inexpensive way of getting it into the general school population. And then from that point on, 
um, create opportunities for those that are a little bit more interested in taking it, say, to the next level, um, getting involved with U.S. Kids Golf or, or some of these other great programs that are out there that are a little bit more involved. But I think just to, again, to get that initial exposure into the school system, I think it could be done very, very inexpensively. And what I would really love to see is some of the, the big manufacturers like, you know, uh, Titleist and Callaway and, and, you know, on and on Ping and so forth. Um, I would love to see them get involved financially um, to, to be able to do that. And I think that, you know, that would be a great way to sort of, you know, feed their future earnings by yeah. getting people in, involved. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it's great to invest in all this technology on how to play the game better, but we need to invest in getting the next generations because, uh, and obviously, you know, as you mentioned earlier, that's what Top Golf is doing, but um, they can't do it by themselves. Totally agree. Yeah, Pinehurst has a big U.S. kids golf presence, and they've just actually mm-hmm. built a huge indoor facility with several hitting bays because it, it gets quite right. cold up there. Uh, and sure. those are the kind of things that you just mentioned. Why not have some other facilities? I think it's a great suggestion, and I had not heard this yet, about having these club, club uh, manufacturers come forward. They have, they have the financial ability to do this. And as you said, that's going to keep that youth coming into the game and where we can keep them in the game and grow the game and make it fun and have them have an amateur career or professional career, whatever they choose to do. So I think that's a great suggestion. Well, the reason why I say that, Susie, is, you know, if you look like, uh, look at companies like Nike and, and some of the other companies that were involved in basketball, that's exactly what they did. Mm. They put a lot of money into an area that they were very interested in. And I know that, you know, Nike and other companies have certainly, you know, over the years have gotten involved in golf, but um, again, it's always been more at the professional level, but what they did in the beginning, some of these big sporting companies that, you know, targeted basketball is they got in at a very junior level and they encouraged and they offered things like scholarships and and things like that to to get into um, in order to, for future recruiting for the NBA. So, um, which is great. I mean, you know, we want to obviously keep the tours going too, but it has to also be at a very basic level because not everybody is, you know, I mean, it's less than 1% that ever gets to, to play at that elite level. So, you know, there's millions of other kids that maybe would love to play golf um, just for fun and don't have any aspirations right. of becoming the next, you know, Tiger Woods or Annika Sorenstam or somebody like that. So, <laughs> right, you know, right. I think, yeah, I think that these these youngsters would just love to get out and play. And I think it's great for the family unit because a lot of times, not every case, but more and more, you know, obviously many dads have played, but uh, moms are now playing as well. They're getting out there and enjoying the game. And I think this would be a, a great um, thing, you know, when they go on vacation, that the whole family now can get involved in, in playing something instead of just, you yeah. know, mom and dad or dad just going off and playing a round of golf and, you know, everybody else is sort of See figuring six something hours else later, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah it doesn't help exactly. with family bonding. It doesn't at all. No. But um, and, and yeah, I, those are those are. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and I think the other thing too, Susie, what I'd like to see is um, I would like to see more executive style courses come back. I mean, there are still a number of them around, but um, you know, all these great resort courses—they're beautiful and things like that—but they're very, very challenging. And I think if we want to grow and make it a little bit easier. Because um, that's what I learned on. I didn't, you know, my dad didn't take me to the country club until he felt I was, you know, I'd earned my way there, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I went out and I learned to play on an executive style course, which was basically, you know, a, a par three course. 
and that's where I was taught the basics, um, you know, when I was a youngster. And yeah. I think it was, it, you know, it was just as much fun to me playing on that course as it was, you know, going to the, to some of the, uh, the bigger courses and that. And I think I would like to see more of those pop up again, um, just to, yeah. again, get people out playing and, and it's very, it's much less expensive to keep them um, keep them going uh, than it is some of these mm-hmm. these high end uh, resort courses. It's a little bit more economically feasible. Um, right. Well, Susan, I do you know, know Susie, that I want to Jack give you Nicholas. A, sorry, was, go ahead. Yeah, I do know that Jack yeah. Nicholas was uh, for what is that? Two or three years ago, he was proposing. You know, instead of the eighteen holes, why don't we make it twelve holes? I haven't seen anything in the industry that's showing me that they're trying to shift to make it you know fun golf and playable. And like you mentioned, a great point about, you know, a family going out and enjoying their time together and not costing yep. so much money for them to go. So, yeah, some of these ideas are great. The problem is, as you said, you know, the follow-up. You know, that's, right. that's the problem now, and that's the industry's challenge going forward. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, you know, like I said, I, you know, I played at a very, very early age. My father took me out when, you know, I was knee-high to a grasshopper, and, um, you know, I learned just to go out and have fun and play. And he didn't really get serious with me until, um, you know, I was a little bit older and then he started to teach me, you know, the, the true fundamentals and the basics of golf. Um, but he just took me out to have fun. And we went to the local golf center that had a, uh, nine hole par three executive course. And if we wanted to play, you know, a, a traditional 18 round, we just played it twice. Um, but it was plenty <laughs> for, for me to go and it was very, very, obviously very inexpensive for him to take me there and had a driving range and had a little mini putt area and stuff like that too. But the idea was it was a family fun center and it was very, I mean, you know, one of the things that we unfortunately see now with some of these families, young families particularly, it's very expensive um, to go out to anywhere and and have an an activity, especially if you've got two or three kids, uh, it can be very expensive. And I think these golf centers can be done in such a way um, that, you know, if a family of four, let's say, or a family of five even, can go there and it's not breaking the bank, and yet they can have a day of fun uh, or several hours of fun doing mm-hmm. that. Um, and yeah. I think that's what I'd yeah, like to see more of. Right. Um, you know, the bottom line is we are in the entertainment business. We get, we're in the service sure. business, but we are in the entertainment business. I just said very similar to bowling, and bowling has done that I think very very well as far as coming up with these places where you know you can have birthday parties can have you know your games there and you can Mm -hmm. have a nice meal and you can still bowl and it's still reasonable that's that's the key to it you know there's a bowling thing called revolution and I think that's kind of a I think that's kind of an idea as you're suggesting that the golf industry would really do well following those kind of those ideas because they work yeah yeah, because I think the the generations coming up now again, it, it's all about inclusion. They want to, you know, they they don't want something where they feel well, I can't do that or it's out of my price range. And you know, you can still have the country clubs and you can still have the great resort golfs and that, and that could be something that people, if they want to down the road, want to uh, get involved with. But there needs to be something at more of an entry level that they can go out and have fun and at least get exposed to the game and then take it to where, whatever level they choose to take it or they can you know, afford at the time. But by not having that sort of, and I don't like to use the word lower end, but um, that sort of entry level, if you entry will, uh, which yes. <laughs> yeah, is a better way, I guess, to phrase it. I think 
having more and more of that entry level, I think, is really what's going to get. And, and again, Top Golf is, is great, and that's filling. But even that, it, there's going to get to a point where people are going to look for other things. So I think there has to be some other um, op, op, options out there. And there are some starting to grow up, but it's, a, it's like anything. It's a very slow-paced, uh, as, as a snail pace, I guess, is the way to put it. But um, <laughs> Exactly. But uh, well, Susie, I want to thank you for for joining me this morning, and I'm going to give you an opportunity very quickly just to uh, let the folks know um, where they can reach you or how they can reach out to you if they want to learn more about uh, what you have to offer in your teaching. Um, do you want like where I'm at or contact information? Yeah. I'll be happy to share. Yeah, that. you can do. Um, yeah, if you've got a we- website yeah. or or where yeah where they can reach out to you if Best they want place for uh, them whatever. To reach me would be through probably through my email which is Susie, which is spelled S-U-Z-I, golf, at yahoo.com. Um, I can also be, if you're looking to uh, take lessons, clinics, on-course play, uh, the 1st of June I will be up in Long Island, New York, at a golf course called Island's End. I'm there from June through September, and if you're in the area, I'd love to meet you and make a plan about how you want to go ahead and, and play and learn Learn golf. Perfect. So beginning of June, you can look forward to uh, getting uh, access to the game in uh, in the Long Island area by reaching out to Susie. Uh, Well, Susie, thank you very much. And I, uh, again, I'm sorry that Cindy wasn't able to join us this morning, but hopefully uh, we'll get you on here again another time and uh, Cindy will be able to to be available here. But I've enjoyed our our discussion uh, this morning and I think that we we touched some areas that – that obviously should give pause for the industry to think about, and hopefully they will uh, be tuning in this morning and, and take some of those cues uh, that we talked about. Great. Well, thank you, Ted. Thank you for the invitation to be on the show, and I thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you about the golf industry and all the potential that we have to grow the game. Well, perfect. Well, perfect. Well, Susie, have a great day, and again, uh, we look forward to having you join us again another time. Thank you. You as well. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right, that's uh, our show this morning uh, here in the Women of Golf. Uh, again, uh, thank you to Cindy um, for uh, bringing on some of her students this morning, uh, John, Zara, and Hannah. Uh, thanks, guys, for, for coming on the Women of Golf show. It was very interesting to get a kid's perspective uh, of the game, and uh, and they're obviously having some fun down at, in Orlando at the Orange County National uh, Golf Club. Uh, with uh, Alan and Cindy Miller. Of course, the Millers always uh, have their boot camps every year uh, down there, and I believe they have another one coming up in April. Uh, We'll get Cindy to confirm that next week when she comes back on the show. And again, uh, a special thank you to Susie Caprice, uh, LBJ professional, uh, where you can find her up in Long Island um, by reaching out to uh, Susie uh, Golf, and that's S-U-Z-I golf at yahoo.com is her email so if you reach out to her there, she can point you in the right direction. So on behalf of Cindy Miller, uh, I'm Ted Odorico. Thanks for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening this morning to the Women of Golf show. Tune in live each week by visiting blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Talk Stream Live, and of course Spotify. If you can't join us live, check out our on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. To get updates for future shows and upcoming guests, you can follow us on Facebook at Women of Golf. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO and Cindy at Cindy Miller Golf. 
Please remember to join us next week on the Women of Golf Show. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.